Hey, congrats in advance on your upcoming retirement. How is your investment portfolio looking? I don't have an investment portfolio. What? Why? How are you going to survive the next years without a salary? Well, I don't need it because I invested in something else. A rich husband. Everyone, welcome to Banana Q Podcast. Some time ago, one of our cuties at Trip Nineni said to me on Instagram, Have you guys ever done an investing 101 in Philippines? I was looking for an equivalent of Fidelity or Vanguard for people who live in Pinas and want to invest, pero I can't find one. May mga alam ba kayo or ano ang mga gamit ninyong platforms when it comes to investing in ETFs, stocks, or index funds. So basically, she is asking for advice, right, on that. Mm. So, yeah, we thought like maybe well, we're not experts, but maybe we can, well, specifically Ray can say something, right? So the thing is, saving and investing is not really something that a lot of Filipinos are good at, probably because most Filipinos earn very little, right? And they live from paycheck to paycheck. So if you don't really have enough to even cover your day-to-day expenses, why would you be able to save some, right? But I guess that's the reason. But even though you do have some left over, some Filipinos tend to be one-day millionaires. Mm. Easy come, easy go. Yeah, my own parents were like this. So they were not really good. Sorry to say this, but they were not really good examples for me. So as a result, I did not really learn how to save from a young age. And I wish that saving and investing was something mm. that was taught in our classes in school because this is a valuable life skill, right? I should have learned mm. this early on, but I didn't. Mm. But luckily, today we have Professor X. Okay, maybe not, but he is also <laughs> bald. <laughs> so Professor Ray will lead a class on investing Juan o Juan. <laughs> Calling me Professor Ray may be... Um... A little bit confusing because I don't really have credentials to say that I'm a professor (laughs) of finance. But Mm -hmm. yeah, these these are potentially just tips and advice that I've heard from someone or somewhere that I've also used personally. And these are the things that worked for Mm. me and could work for you. So obviously, the things that we will share right now will be on a case-by-case basis. But the thing is, you're right. You mentioned that we Filipinos, we tend to ignore good advice, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially about money. Right now, potentially, there are a lot of advice out there, and some of them are also not very unbiased, mm, yeah, yeah, so mm-hmm. to speak, because some of the advice we receive probably are from financial advisors who would earn something like a kickback or a commission mm. if we buy the products that they are selling. So it's also important to segregate which ones are really unbiased, like unfiltered, unbiased, really showing concern about your financial Mm. situation versus those who are making a profit out of our situation so i agree with you that's why i I wanted to ask you because you know i know that you are not selling anything (laughs) because you're right Mm. i have like listened to podcasts or maybe read articles on the blog and then usually at the end there would be oh and by the way if you need more advice you can buy my book or you can email me Mm. you know so that's why In the end, I don't really trust them anymore because there seems to be, as Mm. you said, bias. And so Mm. this one, there is no bias. Listeners, 
There's nothing in it for us other than you know genuinely trying to help people understand. Yep, exactly. Finance. Yeah. So this is exciting. Okay, let's go. My first question is: How should you allocate your income? I'm talking about percentage. Mm. Like, for example, how much percentage should you allocate to savings and you know everything mm. else? Can you start with that? Yeah, that's a good question, and I like the fact that you ask how much of the percentage of your income should be savings. Mm. Because if you ask me how much should be for expenses, then <laughs> the savings will be an arbitrary amount. It will just be a remainder, mm -mm. right? But that's a good thinking about it, that you need to prioritize savings. You need to think, how much can I save? Mm -hmm. Like, how much can I potentially save right now? And I would say it depends on where you are in your career or perhaps in your business. Because at the start of our career, we are very high with our human capital, but we are very low with financial capital, right? So we need to save a lot more mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, whatever it is that you have right now, you probably have a very good career in finance or whatever industry it is. But if you project five years, 10 years from now, that may not be the case. Mm. Probably there's a chance that your company would go bankrupt. Mm. There's a chance that your entire industry would go nowhere. Say, for example, if you're an executive of a yellow pages company oh, yeah. 10 years ago you probably are earning a lot of money but the internet came along your entire industry is gone yeah, right? so true. it's important to always think about saving a portion of our money for the future for some uncertainty in the future and for me personally when i was just starting i didn't have a lot of financial capital mm. so i still needed to pay debt money that i owed to people paying for my flight to Manila and all that. Mm -hmm. But once that was all repaid, I'm now zero debt. Everything that I received is mine. Then I can focus on saving. I probably started at around 40% savings. It's very high. Yeah, why is that yeah. so high? Okay. It's very high because I, I try to save as much as possible on all my means. So food, I try to save. I try to not spend as much I don't really do shopping. Like my clothes are the same. Mm -hmm. I, I throw away clothes if they are really torn and no longer wearable in the <laughs> office. So I don't really spend a lot. And then I look for the cheapest place available. So doing that in Makati probably is very difficult. Yeah. But what I did was I looked for a place together with three other people mm. and we shared a unit. So it's like really dirt cheap. Okay. The good thing about that perspective is if you focus on prioritizing your savings, then you're able to kind of really look for ways to save money in your spending. Because mm. if you do the other way, if you think about, oh, maybe I can use 90% as my expenses and then the remainder is savings. Mm. At the end of the month, there will always be unforeseen expenses. You probably overlooked something, maybe your telephone bill, credit card bill, something like a bag that you saw in the mm -hmm. department store that you purchased using your credit card and so you forgot about it mm. and then here comes your credit card statement and all lo and behold you yeah. had to pay for something okay right? yeah and then that 40 percent probably will go down maybe five to ten years down the road mm. because your responsibilities also increase mm. like if you now are a parent if you are now married or your parent is needing financial assistance, so that 40% probably will go down. But the point is you have to make it a habit to save 
Because once you stop, then, you know, it's easy to forget and everything will just disappear. Okay, so are you saying that, for example, you have decided that 40% is what you will save, that you set that mm-hmm. aside first? And how do you do that? Was there a way you did that? Like, do you withdraw the money, put it in a piggy bank or something? Like, Is there any tips on mm. that? What do you do? Ah, that's a good question. So savings and investment is different. Mm-hmm. So savings just the setting aside how, how much of a, a percentage of your money, be it in a bank or something. But investing it is a different thing because if you just keep it in your bank account, in your deposit account, it's just going to earn 0.75% if you're in a BDO optimum <laughs> savings account. So 0.75% per year. But it could be lower, right? Yeah, it could be lower. So this one's probably one of the highest in the market right now. So 0.75. Mm. So depending on which bank you're using, especially if it's a current account, meaning you can, it's a checking account, you can readily withdraw anything and you have perks in your banks, probably whatever services you are acquiring. And so mm-hmm. it could be lower. But if you think about it, it's lower than 1%. Mm. If you have 100 pesos in your bank, at the end of one year, you just receive 75 cents. What can you buy? <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So keeping it in your bank account probably is not a good way to go. But the good thing about keeping it in your bank account is it's the safest possible way of keeping your money. True. Right? Because the bank is insured by the Philippine Depository Insurance, PDIC. Mm -hmm. You always hear that in the commercial. Yes. (laughs) Member of the PDIC. So PDIC (laughs) is the insurance company that ensures that if the bank goes bankrupt, they will pay back whatever it is, up to 500,000 pesos. Okay, good. If you have your money in the bank and the bank goes bankrupt because they did some bad investments and so they can't pay any depositor money, mm. PDIC will cover you Okay, up to 500,000. So like, it's very safe, right? Yeah. Because somebody's insuring that. But the downside is you're earning very little interest. Yep, okay. 0.75%. So you need to look for I would say investments that are riskier, but at the same time also has better returns. Okay. The next two savings account, a riskier but still safe, mm-hmm. is time deposit. Okay. So time deposit in the bank just means that you apportion that money and you can't touch that money for a certain period of time. Mm. So say one year. You, you go to the bank and you enter in a time deposit for one year, meaning you can't touch that money. For one year, you can't withdraw that. So if there's an emergency, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't withdraw, and it typically is around so for three hundred thousand to nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine pesos. Okay. <laughs> so below one million, uh-huh. it earns up to for two years one point two percent, which is still, <laughs> still very, very, small. <laughs> very small. Okay, but yeah. it's still better than the point seventy five. I guess. Yeah. But your money is locked for two years. Yeah, I, I don't really see myself using I I did try doing that before. Uh, I don't really see that it's very lucrative because, as you said, you cannot mm. touch it. And then, so it's not liquid. And then it's it mm. barely really generates anything more. Mm. So it's still not. So is there something better than that? Yeah, there are some cases that you can use the time deposit. So say, for example, you've set aside money for your child's college education Mm. so you have hundred thousand for your child's education right Mm. now you want a safe product because in one year's time you will need that money Mm. and you you need something that you also cannot touch because it's already earmarked for that purpose right 
So this product probably is best for that. Okay, got case. it. Yeah. So it's like mm. you're you're doing your own cap yeah. college assurance I don't want to mention cap because <laughs> it brings about heartaches. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm saying it would have been safer if y- your parents did that instead, right? Because that mm. then their money would have been safer. Yeah, that's right. If like you, you say 1.2% is still peanuts for me, I really need a higher return. So say for example, you're looking at retirement fund, right? Like you're on your 30s and in 30 years time, you want to retire. And so you want to have that nest egg ready for your retirement. Mm. And 1.2% probably will not cut it. And the inflation, right? It's usually, let's say, average of 5% per year. Uh, that's Is it? 5% is too high. So on average, it's about 2.6% in the Philippines. But because of COVID, it has risen to about 42 4.3%. Oh. In 2021, I don't know, in 2022, probably higher. Okay. So, yeah. Mm. So, in that case, then, if let's say 2% is the average. Yeah, you're right. Where did I get 5% from? Anyway, so 2%. Mm. Then your 1% is not going to catch up, right? By the yeah, time you reach 65 years old, which is the average retirement age, let's say you saved 100K, it will just be like 101K, some something like that, right? Which is not enough mm. because costs would, would now be as high as... 105, no, not 105. Every year it's 2%, right? So it's way higher. Mm. So your 100K yeah. from before is not going to be able to afford 100K yes. in the future, right? It will be 99K in the future. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's not really lucrative. So you're right. If you mm. are saving for retirement, then what should you use? Mm. That's a good question. Before we dive into that, for anyone who's not familiar with inflation, just imagine price of rice, right? Rice. 10 years ago is not the same as the price yes. of rice today. So generally, commodities, everything, prices get higher, mm. not essentially because it's more expensive to produce the commodity, but because there's a lot of cash floating around. And so money is now less valuable than before. And that's why there is inflation. And you're right. We need to think about that with retirement mm-hmm. because two years in average per year of inflation is a lot. And Definitely time deposit, bank savings is not enough <laughs> yeah, for sure. to cover that. The next, I, I would say on the list would be Philippine government bonds. Oh, okay. So Philippine government bonds are loans by the government. So you are lending your money to the Philippine government. Mm. No, we would think, why would the Philippines, the government need money? If they are the ones printing money. Mm, but it's different, right? It's not like... <laughs> yeah, but, but <laughs> essentially, the government, the Philippines, is like a company, right? They're trying to provide services for the people. They're trying to rebalance whoever requires services, like building bridges, infrastructure, whatever it is that the government needs, they can borrow from you and I. Mm. And they issue a bond for you. Okay. So a bond is a promise from the government to pay back whatever amount it is mm. in the future. Okay. And there are two sources of i would say income from the bond and it's called yield yield is just a fancy term it's like a percent that you would potentially earn from that bond Mm. and there are two sources of yield one is interest so bonds pay interest depending on the need of the government Uh, so interest rates change every now and then but that's just one portion Mm. the bigger portion is the price difference of the bond so bonds become in demand if other companies will require a lot of bonds for some reason nobody wants to buy stocks anymore they want to purchase bonds and so the demand for bonds 
go higher, so the prices go up. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the combination of price increase and interest is called the yield. I see. And on average, the Philippine government bonds, let me take a look. So for one year, you could earn 1.4%. So That's still... It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we'll, we'll moving towards the riskier investment. Right, so now right, we've right. started with mm. less than 1%, mm-hmm. 1. 1.24 time deposit. Now for government bonds, 1.4%. Okay, so, but aside from the difference in percentage, is mm. there like, um, you know, advantage of choosing bonds over time deposit? Uh, the 1.4% is not fixed. Mm, okay. Because... It depends on the price, depends on the demand. Mm. So potentially it could go up. I so one point four percent is just right now if I if I search what's okay, the current yield. Aside from the percentage I'm saying and the volatility of that, is there anything else? Mm. Like fund is it more liquid compared to time deposit, would you say? No, 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 no. Time deposit is I would say more liquid in a sense that the value is assured. Mm. Like if you've put in 100, mm. you are sure you're going to get 100 plus interest I at see. the end. I see. Okay. So it's more stable. Yes. Bonds go up and down. I see. So there is a possibility. We're already moving to that threshold mm. of you potentially losing capital. I see. Got it. Okay. If you gave 100, but because of the interest fluctuation, you could get back only 90, something like that. I mean, that's that's horrible. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's possible, right? Like the very <laughs> the worst case is- scenario. <laughs> The coupon is fine. You would still receive the coupon, but the price of the bond itself, mm. the demand of the bond potentially would ebb and flow, right? Right, got it, it. it. Okay. You probably bought it at 100, but then when you're trying to liquidate it, mm. you want to sell it. Nobody mm. wants to buy it at 100 oh, anymore. Yeah, okay, okay. It has depreciated in value for some reason. Nobody wants it anymore. Maybe people already distrusted the Philippine government. That's why <laughs> they don't want to buy it from you. I see, Well, it. of course, because these bonds, mm. these could go for long term. Right. Like some Philippine bonds are like 10 years. Wow. So if you just hold on to it until the end, mm. then it's fine, right? Okay. You're assured if the bond is worth $100,000 at the end of the... 10-year period, you're going to get $100,000. But if you're a question of liquidity, if you really want to cash right now, mm. then you may have to sell it right now. And whoever's going to buy that, I don't know who. Okay, so I see. The difference, I guess, is that for bonds, you you do have the option of liquidating early. Now you can, yeah. There, there's a secondary market for bonds, yes. But a time deposit, you can't do that, can you? Probably there is, but you'll have to pay a penalty to, uh, the, to the bank. bank. But it's not like you can sell mm. it to someone. It's just you and the bank. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's okay. no secondary market. It's just a contract between you and the bank. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay. Mm. Bond suddenly reminded me of Neil Caffrey from White Collar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 he's a bond yeah, forger. Yeah, because he was a bond forger and that's why his nickname was James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Philippine government bonds is one of the safest. The next tier to government bonds is still bonds, but corporate bonds. Oh, okay. So these are no longer backed by the Philippine government, but these are from companies, mm-hmm. corporations. Big corporations can sometimes issue bonds for a potential new project that they want to do. Mm. And instead of issuing new stocks, they want to pay interest coupons to the bearers of the bond. So this is corporate bonds. And Unlike Philippine government bond, where there's only one issuer, because there are a lot of companies, it's really hard to say how much you could earn from bonds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why there are a lot of indexes. Index is just a combination of all the corporate bonds that you can find. 
And in the Philippines, we have a uh, SNP. SNP is a company that does this indexing that values the, they, they would track all the market data and value all the corporate bonds that they can find in the Philippines. And on a one year basis, it's 3.38 percent oh, okay that's pretty good. so at least now we're yeah yeah yeah. it's going higher we're we're higher than inflation right yeah <laughs> finally we're higher than inflation okay <laughs> sounds good mm-hmm. but as i've said right each of these incremental return that you're getting also corresponds to an incremental risk yes no philippine government bond is assured because it's the government yeah it will always be there but if it's a corporate bond Say we're a big fan of Jollibee. Jollibee issues bonds, you buy bonds, but there's no assurance that Jollibee doesn't go bankrupt in the future. True. Right? What if like somebody canceled Jollibee in the future? Mm. What if McDonald's is like really strong and it copies the flavor of Chicken Joy <laughs> okay. and it priced it very low? Uh-huh. So every McDonald's Chicken Joy you buy, you get a free burger. Then who can say no to <laughs> wow. that offer? Right? Okay. Yeah, mm. yeah. But there is a saying, right? That the higher the risk, mm. the higher the return or something like that. So yes. that is why, as you said, it's a higher percentage. But that risk is mm. also higher because your 3% could just as easily be negative 3%. That's correct. Yes. But it's it's a risk that you have to be willing to take right especially if you're thinking about a longer term horizon so if you're a 30 year old corporate employee Mm. you can't live off one percent for 30 years otherwise your money is just gonna be worth less Mm, so you really need to look for avenues for you to earn more because you have 30 years Mm. like even if it goes down right now then look for other potential investments that would offset your losses. So you have 30 years to play around the returns. Got it. You don't have to be as paranoid and look for the cheapest and, uh, sorry, not cheapest, the the safest. safest. Yep, yeah. Yeah, you don't don't have to because you, you have the time to play it out. And I would say after corporate bonds, the next risky investment is stocks. Why is that? Because if the worst case scenario, if the company goes bankrupt, mm. the creditors of the company will need to be paid first and whatever's remaining will be paid to the owners of the company or the stockholders. Okay. So in a worst case scenario, stockholders paid last. Ah, I <laughs> They're, see. Okay. The last people to get paid. So say, for example, the company is worth 100 right now. Mm. And out of that 100, 50 pesos is owed by the creditors and 50 pesos is by the stockholders. Mm. Now, there's a crisis, company cannot do business anymore, Mm. they go bankrupt. And instead of 100, it's now only worth 60 pesos. Mm. Now, the 50 creditors will need to be paid first. I got it. So if you're a corporate bondholder of Jollibee, you're happy because you will receive the entire 50 back. Ah, okay. The remaining 10 will be given to the stockholders. Oh, so you're at a loss. You're at a loss. For every 10 pesos you put, you lose, like, how much is that? 75%. That's a lot of money You, know, you only receive 250, <laughs> two, <laughs> 2 pesos and 50 cents for your 10 pesos. So it's a big difference. And I think also stocks are riskier because they're also subject to whatever happens out there right the you know like rumors will drive the price of stock up or down so Mm. that's why it's probably more volatile compared to bond yes that's right because bonds you are given a 
I, I would say, a fixed interest, right, for your trouble. Mm. Similar to the concept of yield that I presented earlier for the Philippine government bonds, stocks are the same. Mm. You earn two sources of income through stocks. One is dividends. The problem with dividends is it's at the discretion of the company. Mm-mm, yeah, true. Yeah. If they say, oh, this year we didn't do so well, so we're going to skip the dividends, they can do that. It's not guaranteed. And the second one is, you're right, stock price. Mm. Depending on market information, if there are more buyers than sellers, then yeah, obviously the price would go up. But then if nobody wants the stock, mm. probably in our example, Jollibee is getting beaten by McDonald's mm. because they have discovered a similar Chicken Joy re- <laughs> recipe. And so everybody don't want the to buy the Jollibee stock anymore. And so if you bought it at 100 and <laughs> Right now, it's probably worth less. So you lose on that. But on the flip side, mm. if the economy is doing very, very well, mm. if you're a bondholder, sorry for you. Your returns is capped at your coupon. Ah, okay. Yeah, right? yeah. But for stockholders, the stock price would go up. Sky's the limit. True. There's no limit. Especially if mm. it's like a stock that boomed, for example, Zoom. Ah, yes. It boomed during pandemic. So... Like I remember my former boss mentioned that her friend who was working for Zoom told her early on to buy Zoom stock because it was mm. she knew that it would escalate, right? But then my boss regretted not doing that because like it was very <laughs> high eventually. Yeah. So would you say that in that case then there's really no general or average percentage of increase that you can get from stocks? No. There are different types of stock, right? I would say two major classification of stocks are growth stocks and value stocks okay now let's start with value stocks because that's easier so value stocks are those big conglomerates really stable companies that has been there for ages examples would be pldt blue chip stocks right blue chip stocks yes exactly now they are called value stocks because their stock price tend to be stable and they would give out dividends regularly okay so i I would say amongst the two categories the value stock is the i would say safer for retirement right yeah both are okay for retirement but depends on what type of stocks you you want you you want the safer one you want the big conglomerate ones Mm. do you foresee in 30 years time that the companies that are big right now will still be big in Ah. 30 years time then yeah go for it okay Go for value stocks. Now, the other one is growth stocks. As, as the term goes, growth are companies that are still growing. So they may not give dividends regularly. So if you think about Amazon, like Amazon has never given a dividend before, mm. like probably eight to 10 years because they've been growing their business year over year over year. Okay. Whatever money they've made now, they've reinvested in their company, okay. meaning they're not giving it to their stockholders okay. they're they're keeping it buying more warehouses buying more trucks you potentially will not have dividends for growth companies growth stocks but prices could go really really high yeah so it's still a good investment because you're right 20 years from now whatever they could be higher way mm. higher than you know than when you bought them right and it mm. could be the sky's the limit I should have, it could be 10 times over or more and yes. definitely yes. that's not something you can earn from from just parking your money in the, the bank. <laughs> mm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, now, okay. this is what we call stock picking, mm. right? Because you are now 
picking specific stocks that you would want to be part of your portfolio. Right, yes. That leads to my next question, which is, I know there's mm. a saying that's saying that you shouldn't put everything in one basket. Yeah. Even though you love Jollibee so much, I'm sure you don't <laughs> have all of your <laughs> stocks just on Jollibee, right? Because that's not mm. safe. So how mm. do you balance your stock? Can you give some tips on that? So a lot of investors would give a blanket allocation of portfolio. Mm. Many would say 60, 40, 60 bonds, 40 stocks. Mm. Okay. And within the 40% of stocks, I would say, number one, take a look at the risks that you have, your risk profile. So say, for example, if you're working in a bank, mm. so you're overexposed to the financial sector. Mm. So I wouldn't advise you to buy finance stocks. Okay. I wouldn't advise you buying BPI, BDO, all these banks, because if the financial sector goes down, you would lose your job. Mm. Your stock portfolio also loses its value. So you're hit twice, right? You, you lose a job and then your portfolio also is not doing very well. Then where is your source of income now? Mm -hmm. So you have to balance it. Okay. So if you're working in a bank and you're concerned about inflation hurting your savings and investment... Mm then maybe you invest in stocks that are geared towards utilities mm. because you and I, we use electricity. Mm -hmm. And if there's inflation, what the electricity, the utility companies, what they do is they pass on their cost to their consumers, ah. right? Yep. So if the cost of producing electricity goes up, they're not going to shoulder the cost. Mm. They're going to charge it to their consumers. So at the end of the day, the, the utilities business would survive inflation and all that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this because there's no really blanket advice that would be applicable to everyone. It's important to know at your status, at your stage right now, what risks are you exposed to? Yeah, true. Like if this happens, what would happen to me? Like mm. if there's a uh, recession, if I lose my business, like if you're in a, I'm trying to think Restaurant of an example. or, or you yeah. know, travel mm. agency. Well, a lot of mm. travel-related companies went bankrupt last year or yeah. last two years ago. So if you're a flight stewardess, mm. why would you buy Cebu Pacific stock, right? Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. You're right. Because, yeah, speaking of which, Cebu Pacific stock really went down, right, in the past yes. two years. Because obviously, why would they go up? Very few people are flying. So, yeah, that, that's a perfect example, actually. Mm. Another example is ABS-CBN. That went red. <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yes. I had some, but you know, the moment mm. the news came out, I said, I don't foresee that they're going to recover. So I immediately mm. sold, but I made sure to also sell something that was green to offset my loss. Mm. So like in I the see. end, okay, I lost on ABS-CBN, but then I sold, say, Jollibee stock that covers that loss. So I didn't really feel mm. that bad about it. So yeah, I mean, that is right there, the risk of stock. <laughs> so there is really the risk of uh, stock picking is also, uh, nobody can deny the risks involved in mm. stock picking because yeah. if everyone knows the future, then everybody should be making money <laughs> right now, right? We are mm. not Madame Auring. Yeah, there's no, no way for us to know which companies would do better than others. Mm. So there's always that risk. Now, one way, if you don't have the time of actually contemplating, you don't know your risk profile, what you can do is also consider investing in a basket of stocks. So there are several, and I would categorize them into two. Okay. So th there are what we call active portfolio, meaning there is a, a portfolio manager really thinking about which companies will do better than others. Mm -hmm. And there are also passive portfolios. 
So active portfolios, you would think of mutual funds. You probably have heard of them, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. So mutual funds, what they do is they pull money from their investors and then they would invest in the companies that they think would outperform. Mm-hmm. And the downside with mutual fund is you're essentially hiring a portfolio manager, right? Mm-hmm. So there are fees involved. Mm-hmm. So even if they did not make a lot of money, even if they don't make money, you still need to pay portfolio manager fees because it is a fixed fee, right? So if you don't want to do it on your own, if you don't want to stock pick on your own, you hire a mutual fund, then of course, the fees are justified. Oh yeah, of course. Now the passive portfolio are what we call uh, exchange-traded index funds. Okay. Yeah, in the Philippines, I only know of one and I've, I've searched, I've searched, there's only one. It's a first metro exchange-traded fund and it's tracking the Philippine Stock Exchange. I'm an investor of FM ETF, so that's a disclaimer. Yeah, me I'm too. Not, <laughs> we're not advertising it so that we can profit out of it. Yeah, but no, you know, yeah. for your information, you can buy this. So what they do is they buy a basket of stocks that would represent the Philippine Stock Exchange Index, PSEI. Right. So you would be a part owner of Jollibee, a part <laughs> owner of Metro Bank. So depending on what companies comprise the yeah. PSEI. Now, passive portfolio is cheaper because the management fee you pay is significantly lower because Mm -hmm. they didn't have to select which companies would do better than others. Mm -hmm. All they did was buy everything (laughs) (laughs) that would represent the Philippine Stock Exchange. So fees-wise, the index fund is a lot cheaper than mutual funds. Mm, okay. Yeah, and also it's safer because as you said, it's a basket. They bought, well, not everything, but I think a lot of stocks, right? So that means if, for mm. example, Jollibee suddenly went bankrupt and it's part of the basket, but there's still like, let's say, 99 other funds that will pull it up, something mm. like that. So that's yeah. why it's safer. And, you know, whatever the the inflation is, you know, more or less, it will be covered, right? Or more than that, right? Every year on year, Mm. Unless there's a pandemic or something, but yeah, usually the the stocks would go up every year, right? So it's kind of safe. I, I would say if your time horizon allows it, mm. generally it would go up. Yeah, exactly. So it's not guaranteed, but if you take a look at stock prices in the past 10 years, the, the trend goes up. Bar, of course, yeah. uh, historic events like the pandemic. March 2020. <laughs> yes. where, exactly. Yeah. But the advantage of those events right is that if you happen to have money during that time Mm. you should buy stocks Mm. because all stocks are on sale technically right which is what i did during pandemic so actually as an example since Jollibee's our favorite, I look at my Jollibee stocks, right? I bought a lot of stock Jollibee stocks during the pandemic. So as of today, I already gained 22% on them. Or that's a peso value mm. of over 29,000 pesos, which is something that you definitely will not be able to gain from just putting mm. your money in a bank, right? In two years, exactly. are you going to have 29,000 yeah. pesos from the bank? Not I unless you're so. a billionaire or something. No, right? So yeah, mm. so I think that is the good part about stocks. But on the mm. other hand, if you had bought the stocks at their peak, like let's say you had a big bonus in 2019 and then you bought all your stocks at that time, they're all red in 2020 yes. <laughs> <laughs> or, in, or in 2021, well, right? So. That's, a, that's a very good point. Uh, it's pointless to time mm-hmm. the market, right? Because as I've said before, nobody can foresee the future. And so 
you, you don't necessarily have to time the market. Oh, I think tomorrow it will be good and that's why I have to buy today. No, for as long as you're consistent with your investments, like contemplate right now in 30 years time, which companies do you think will, will still be there and will still be providing services that you expect? Mm. Then invest in those companies regularly. Like don't always take a look at your portfolio because that <laughs> yeah. would make you nervous that would yes. make you jittery and your emotions would allow you to sell all your stocks right yeah you have to think about you are in it in the long haul True. like yeah if it doesn't change the purpose of why you're doing the investment then why would you bother the daily changes in prices right True. so True. yeah th- there was an advice that i received before that just check your portfolio once a year okay like, do it on your birthday. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. Because if you panic, right? Like if you see that maybe not everyone knows the red and green part, right? Red obviously is when your stocks are lower than what you bought them at. Mm. And then green is when they are higher, right? So mm. if you look at your stocks and you're saying red everywhere, and then, you know, that is technically not yet a loss. It's just a loss on paper as long as you don't sell them. Yeah. But if you don't do anything and then, you know, you held on to them and, you know, maybe 10 years from now, obviously the pandemic is over. I'm very optimistic. I, I, I hope, right? Like, oh my God. Anyway, so at that point, obviously the stocks will recover, right? And they will be green unless they went bankrupt or something, which is uh, something different. But if you diversified your portfolio, then you can recover that against something else, right? So yeah, you're right. You should not mm. panic. Yeah, there are a lot of studies about how our behavior, our emotions are a big factor in the way we invest. Mm. And it makes us aware of the biases that we have. First, you've mentioned already the loss aversion bias. Mm -mm. And that is, we don't want to sell it because it's in the red. We are hoping that it would turn green in the future. Now, that is true if Mm. you think it's just a temporary loss. And if if you're on it for 30 years, then the temporary dip doesn't really matter. Yep. But if there is a existential crisis <laughs> for that company, like ABS-CBN that you mentioned earlier. Exactly, yep. Like get away from it as, as earliest as you can. Yeah, which is exactly what I did, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then try to do it again. You can always cut the loss. That's why you diversify. So luckily for me, yeah. I can't remember whatever it was that I sold at the same time, right? But because mm. it was different from ABS-CBN, then I covered my losses. So do something like mm. that. So I, I would think I still prefer investing in stocks because of that. There is a risk, but if you diversify, then I think you would be fine as long as you also don't panic. Mm. And also, I like the fact that stocks are kind of liquid, right? Like if you badly need money right now, you can sell off some mm. stocks and you would get the money like in three days or something. Mm. Whereas if it's, you yeah. know, if you put it in the time deposit or mutual funds and whatnot, then usually... It's not really that easy to get the cash right mm. now. What if there are emergencies? You don't know, right? So that yeah. is why I like to dabble in stocks, according to Neil Caffrey. I mm. dabble. I dabble. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a very good point. And I just want to give a warning to, to everyone listening to this, that th- there really is a risk of you losing capital, right? Yep. So don't just easily believe in everything that you hear Mm. and there are a lot of biases and one of them is confirmation bias and that's something that you will only listen to reports that supports your oh yeah (laughs) portfolio 
So if you saw a report about Jollibee gaining popularity, they opened a new branch mm. in, in the U.S. gaining popular. Ooh, you feel so proud. But then if there's a contradicting report, mm. say, oh, there's a branch of Jollibee that has... Wasn't there news last time? What was it? There was a branch in Jollibee that served Chicken Joy that actually was a towel. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you listen to that <laughs> report, then you would... No, this is a hoax. This is fake news. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> Accept everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't reject just because it opposes your belief. Mm. And there also, we are susceptible to people bragging about how much money they've made in the stock market. Mm. And chances are, they're probably not sharing the losses that they've made. Yes, exactly. Right? <laughs> so it's overemphasizing mm-hmm. the gains and it's not disclosing the losses so mm. we have to be fair about it mm, true. there is a possibility of you gaining a lot of money but at the same time your capital your money could also be gone yeah so even though we're excited about stocks and whatnot just want to say that please do not blame us if you <laughs> throw in all your money in the, the stocks and then you lost them that was on you okay so we're saying that mm. yes probably do your research and um, we are also not experts you know the reason mm. why i pick my stocks is not because i'm well researched necessarily i usually just as ray said right i choose something that seems kind of stable like jollibee seems to have been around forever mm. there's something called a rate are you invested in that it's ascendas yeah ascendas real estate investment trust so that one was just recent i think it was also during pandemic so the difference between that and the other stocks is that it is more into giving dividends but that mm. it's cheaper so that means let's say you get like 75 cents per stock right but since the stock mm. is cheap then you get more mm. compared to say Jollibee is more expensive right i think let's say Jollibee is 200 pesos per stock and then the a rate is like just 50 pesos mm. per stock then you get more mm. right so so if you are you you want to see something come back every quarter or so then that's something that you could invest in that sort of thing yeah uh that's because real estate investment trusts the underlying investment is real estate yes so these are properties that earn a rental every month Mm -hmm. so that's why there's an expectation that if you invest a certain amount of money every month you would you know expect something in return because these properties are earning rental from wherever yeah i think that's how they described it that's why i i mm. subscribe to it because they mentioned that it's kind of like if you want to be a landlord but you know you don't want to buy property yourself mm. this is the way to do it kind of right yeah. because you are getting a share of rent per se from yes. <laughs> from other people mm. but again that one is also susceptible to downside risk mm. if prices if there's a bubble in the real estate prices then value of the REIT would go down significantly yeah. as well. And that happened in 2008. Yes. <laughs> so don't put everything in there also. I guess the question that we need to answer from Triptinani is where? Mm. How would someone listening to this, oh, I'm excited, I also want to buy Jollibee stocks. How would they go about doing that? So for you to invest in stocks, you need a broker. Mm. Um, and, and the broker would uh, facilitate the buying or the selling of your stock. Mm-hmm. And brokers are not members of PDIC. So whatever money you give to the broker, that's not insured. Right. If the brokerage company goes down, all of your money goes down Mm -hmm. as well. So there's that. Mm. So the first one 
that I would say is COL Financial, CTSEC Online or COL Financial, because that's the one that I use. Me too, yes. And I like it because it's convenient. Mm. Their website is very intuitive. Mm -hmm. You can trade really quickly if you want to sell. It's it's very efficient. Yep. So COL Financial. And another one is First Metro Securities. First Metro. Okay. That one is also available. There's also BPI Trade. Oh, so it's okay. a member of Bank of the Philippine Islands, right. the commercial bank in the Philippines. BDO Securities is also there. And last one is Phil Stocks. So there are five, I would say, known brokerage firms in the Philippines right now. And mm. feel free to use any of them. If you're interested in CTSEC Financial, let us know because we have firsthand experience in using that broker yeah we signed up a long time ago but if i remember correctly you need to be in the philippines physically or something or you have to have someone go physically to their office right with the form is what i remember um that's not what i remember because i applied mine online i think oh you, maybe, you can do it online maybe they improved right? because if i remember i ha had to ask someone to do it for me like you know I, I had to sign a form saying that you know she was my delegate or whatever but then it was very cheap you only needed this was before so who knows what inflation did to it now but at the time it was only five thousand pesos that you needed mm. in order to open one so it's actually quite affordable right like even though you know you're just starting out or whatever and I guess the thing that we want to say as well, right, is why is it important to start saving, you know, as early as you can? It's because of the value of money, right? There's this idea called compounded interest. Yeah. So the interest that you earn today would also earn interest tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. So the right? earlier you start, the higher mm. in interest it will get, right? So that's why it's... Mm best to um, start early even though it's like let's say you can only save 500 pesos a month for example mm. that's fine save whatever you can put it into the market or whatever it is that because i think there was another saying like time in the market beats timing the market mm. that means the longer you stay in the market as ray said right like maybe in 30 years everything is gonna go up usually barring mm. those you know enron or ABS-CBN instances, <laughs> right? So that's why it's better to stay long in the market, so time in the market, rather than trying to time the market. We're in like, when should I buy? Mm. When should I sell? Blah, blah, blah. Just right. be consistent, like, you know, buy a specific amount every month and eventually they will all go up. But speaking of Enron, so there were these people, right? If, if I don't know if our listeners are as old as us, but remember the Enron fiasco of which was talked about in our accounting classes before, which is this mm. big company went bankrupt, basically. And all their employees, uh, their retirement was in Enron stocks. I think it was because Enron mm. was the one. Now, instead of giving them cash, they would give them Enron stocks. But then, of course, the moment the Enron went kaput, the... You know, like let's say you had a hundred thousand dollars in stock, the value disappeared overnight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people <laughs> lost their retirement. So how do you prevent mm. that from happening? At what point do you think you should shift your stocks and move them into something you know more uh, stable? Would you say like how many years from I retirement? I would say if you are less than eight years into your retirement, then you should slowly gradually move your stocks to bonds okay. or to safer investments because in a 10 years time 
stocks may go up, but in less than that, there's already a potential that you would lose everything. So the the closer you get to retirement, you should shift your investments to more safer uh, investments. Okay. So even though they won't earn as much potentially, but at least you have your capital assured. Mm, okay. Right? Yeah. Government bonds, time deposit. So the example of time deposit, mm-hmm, right? Like yeah. Yeah. 1% really, that's very low, but it's not the interest rate you're concerned anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about protecting the value of your capital. Mm, that makes you, sense. you need to make sure that when I retire, when I attend my retirement party at my company, I go home, I have a healthy nest egg, right? I don't, maybe I will work part-time in Jollibee because <laughs> I don't have a retirement oh, yeah. plan in place, Okay, right? got it. That's a good point. Mm. Okay, good tip. Yeah, how do we close this? <laughs> Why is it important to save and, you know, not be bahala na si Batman, basically, right? Like, because in, in the Philippines, I realized because people have this bahala na si Batman mentality or actually, it's bahala na si Bathala, right? I mean, like, mm-hmm. let God, actually, how you translate that? It's like, yeah, let God take care of me, something like that, right? So mm-hmm. that's probably also one of the reasons why Filipinos, like, really don't really care so much about the future because they feel like, mm-hmm. you know, God will take care of everything. Yeah. That's not really necessarily a good thing. I saw the huge difference, right, between Filipinos and Singaporeans when I moved to Singapore. Like, Mm. Singaporeans love to save, love to invest. Even though, like, let's say they do buy a lot of branded items and flashy stuff and whatnot, but they do save in other aspects. Like, for example, Singaporeans didn't really like going to Starbucks as much as, say, Filipinos do. I think the the Mm. problem here is that Filipinos tend to like showing off. Mm. Right? Like, we, we, even though you don't have money, you just use your credit card, buy a lot of stuff. You know, if, if it's, there's an event, you have to go to a parlor for a blowout, makeup, yeah. blah, blah, blah. You know, you spend a lot of money in trying to look good in front of other people, that sort of thing. And, and you know, that's probably mm. one of the reasons why a lot of Philippines also don't yeah, say. It's very superficial, yeah. right? But at the end of the day, we need to stop thinking about the now. We need to think about, Five years time, 10 years time, 20 years time, how much money will I have and will I have enough to support my retirement? That's the kind of motivating factor that I have, right? And unfortunately, a lot of Filipinos even don't have a bank account, right? Mm, So there's not even a paper that they can take a look and say, hey, this is how much money I have Mm -hmm. because everything is probably hidden under the mattress or in, in a piggy bank. Yeah. So there's no way to consciously track how much money mm-hmm. we have. And in five years' time, if you have set goals, then there's no way of tracking because there's just no system. <laughs> like they're not part of the system at uh-huh. all. So okay. my advice would be if you're listening to this and you don't have a bank account, why? <laughs> like why? <laughs> like uh, at least get a bank account yeah. and, and from there you can have access to brokerage accounts. You could, you could buy stocks and the yeah. way you do it, you start early because if you don't do it as early as possible, it may be too late. Yeah. Like you may be listening to this and you only have five years until your retirement. Mm. Then what can you do, right? Yeah. You, there's no longer compounded interest that you can rely on because mm-hmm. it's just too short of a time horizon. So That's true. the earlier you do it, the better it is because you have interest, you have time working for you. Like if you ask me right now, hey, what's the secret to 
becoming rich in the future. Well, we know how to become rich, but the bad news is it's not going to be there in an instant. <laughs> it's going to be slow. It's going to take time. So I think be disciplined enough to do saving regularly. And at the same time, use time <laughs> to your advantage. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. Like start young. And if, if you're listening to this and you have kids, right? Another thing, since you talked about opening a bank account, I don't even remember when I started having a bank account. I think it was when already I was working. Then that's not good, mm. right? Because that means when I was a, no. when I was a teenager, I didn't have a bank account. I wasn't saving at mm. all. Like I just spent whatever was given to me. And if I could fry a time machine. Mm. <laughs> I really feel bad that Banco Filipino went down. Because they were the ones who actually thought about, you know, enforcing opening of bank accounts to children. Mm. So I had a happy savers club when I was in grade school. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Okay. So they have a very minimal, minimum deposit. I think it was 500 pesos. Oh, okay. For you to open and you would have your passbook. And I love depositing money because in your passbook, it would show how much interest you earn. Mm. Of course, there's the withholding tax, but, but still, it, it would look really long in your passbook. Ah. So even though the, the, the balance, ending balance mm. is only like maybe 500 pesos, mm -hmm. but because there's a lot of interest, you, ooh, you would feel proud that, hey, I'm earning 50 cents. Mm. And as a kid, that's already a big training ground. Yeah, yeah. So... I, I had a happy savers club before. I also bought into the, what's that? Uh, the postal office. They have this booklet oh, where yeah. you can buy a five peso stamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I seem to remember this also. Then you, you fill in one sheet and I think one sheet is like, I forgot how many, 50? 50 stamps? I, I forgot mm -hmm. the mechanics, but the point is you buy stamps from your post office. You stick it to your booklet. And once you fill one sheet, you can, you know, convert it to money. Oh. Like they would return nice money so in essence it's not earning interest but you're saving money mm. and you're mm -hmm. you're having fun doing it and you would compare with your classmate hey how many stamps do you have right mm. now okay i have this much oh why don't we sell scrap so we sold scrap metal bottles before like part of our scouting activity was saving money earning money and then putting them in a bank and one way of doing that was buying those stamps so it was a good activity and it taught me the value of saving money. Because at the end of the day, that money was used for something. Mm -hmm. I forgot already what, what it was used for. <laughs> Probably my mom asked me to <laughs> buy something. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, it's a good lesson to learn that yeah. if you set aside money now, later on, chances are it will be used to something you know productive. Yeah. And you won't have to resort to Mumbai five six loan. <laughs> Mumbai na my diamonds in the sky. Yeah, Mumbai na <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. all right hopefully you guys have learned a lot from professor ray <laughs> cutie minute time minute. for our followers cutie minute your minute. thoughts in our voice cutie minute not minute. really one minute but we're calling it cutie minute our first cutie is mj bailey and she had this comment on pod chaser about episode five are your 30s better than your 20s and she said Fun conversation that's going to feel painful, relevant to some of us. Maybe literally painful. I had to lie down on the floor to straighten out my back, and I was listening to this while doing so. And I've got a couple years until my 30s, friend. There's still time. 
<laughs> yes, my back is aching right now. So yeah, that is very literally painfully relevant. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> the next one is from Elma358 in relation to episode 65. And that is, how can you achieve the American dream? She says, thank you for another stimulating, ooh, stimulating mm-hmm. relatable and entertaining episode. I have been questioning where I am at in my life in terms of career, financial status, personal development, because of my own expectations for myself. I don't want to consider it as a midlife crisis, just sort of an evaluation. I'm trying to be not too critical of myself because I don't want to put myself in a panic mode because of unmet personal expectations. I like what Ray mentioned about Colonel Sanders of KFC. It's something that gives hope for those who are looking to get a big break. And I was close to crying with that D shared from her blog. The music made it more moving. Ooh, what music was that? <laughs> not the jing 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 jing. No, no, it's not. It, there was a background music. Yeah, it's like the the same music that we used for our Ate Charo episodes. Ah, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Love that book. Looking forward to more episodes from you guys. That's so sweet, Alma. Thank you very much for that nice, kind words. Yeah, and we're glad that that episode struck a chord with people, right? Wait, hold on. I said episode 65, but it sounded like she was commenting on episode 66. What career? Ad- no, no, no. She was commenting on midlife crisis, right? Which episode was that? Ah, which was uh, sorry, episode no, 64. Yeah, so, no, yeah. Sorry, the episode 64. What are signs of a yeah. midlife crisis? I mislabeled this. Yes, sorry for people who are confused. Yes, this was on episode 64. Yeah, what are signs of a midlife crisis? Yeah, so if you have any comments on this episode or any of our previous episodes, please let us know on our social media mm. or on email or whatever. <laughs> And if you don't have a bank account, tell us why. <laughs> why the resistance? <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, thank you very much. Awesome. Bye. Thank you. Bye.